101 years ago, the 19th Amendment gave women in the United States the right to vote. And today we mark the occasion with Women's Equality Day. Felicia Shaw is the executive director of the Women's Museum of California, which is based here in San Diego. Felicia, thank you for being here with me. Thank you so much for having me. You wrote such a powerful essay in the UT's opinion section, you know, noting that, uh, you know, we're so shortchanged in our exposure to women's history and contributions to this country. Um, can you tell me a little, a little more about your take and, and why you feel that way? Well, it all begins with our own individual perceptions about how we feel about women, whether we are women ourselves or not, it begins with a, a, a base of understanding of women's roles in the world. And where do we get that? We get it from home and often we get it from school. And so if every image, every story, every hero story, every journey begins and ends with men, with women on the periphery of that story, ingrained in our psyche is this feeling or this attitude that women are secondary citizens, that we are the helpers, that we often are the helpers, nothing wrong with being that, but we're not at the center of American life. Um, we stand in the back and when called upon to, you know, make the food or clean the room up afterwards, that's, that's the role that we have. And we know that isn't true. And so I talked about first of all, the need to, to center our attention around keeping women uh, not so much at the forefront because we're not trying to be ahead of anyone, but center us in the room. We're, we're there in the room. And then also to change the narrative about how we show up. Um, I, it harkens back to the days, um, if you remember some of those old 1950s ads uh, they talked about, you know, what women do and, and our role. And we have some of those at, at, at our museum and our archive. And it all, for some reason, it showed every woman in an apron. And I was just wondering, like, where do women get all those aprons that they were wearing back then? <laughs> Everybody had an apron on her. They were always in the background while the men, man was, the man was sitting someplace doing something important, you know, reading a paper, a newspaper or, or you know, something like that and then we were waiting to be told what to do so that imagery is what is ingrained in our psyches and here we are 2021 and we're still seeing them show up things are shifting things are changing um, in popular culture and and i think there's a uh, an awareness that we need to to change that paradigm but for many of us and i'm a baby boomer that is all that we knew. So I, you know, first and foremost, um, we need to write ourselves back into history uh, where we always have been. And we uh, have had leading roles in making America what it is. Uh, and it needs to be better documented in our history books uh, so that we have a more authentic uh, telling of the stories of, of who women are and our contributions. That's a long answer to a short question, but that's kind of my take on things. <laughs> oh no, it's it's a great answer. I mean, you know, 101 years is a long time. As you notice, we have, you know, made some gains, but what are the issues that you think we still need to work on? 
Oh, well, you know, there's uh, too many to, to list. Um, earlier today, I was in an interview and, and that question was asked. And, you know, one of the things is just the, about the disparity in the way uh, women as workers are treated. And so you think about the, um, uh, the pandemic and how women were disproportionately uh, impacted uh, by this, uh, this disease. And so as it toured through our country and people had to adjust, you know, who, who went home? Uh, who, uh, who went home uh, to work? Everybody went home to work, but then who went home to work and they had a, another job when they got there? Not only were they working uh, their, their paid job, which the families need to survive, they had to do full-time the work of educating their children, of all the things uh, that happened in the home. And so ultimately women uh, became stressed, worn out, unable to function, and in some cases uh, lost ground in their careers because they, they had to choose. Mm -hmm. You know, either I'm gonna work or I'm gonna remain sane and be a good parent. And most people will choose their children over anything. And so when you say, where, where, the, where do we need to do more work is how in society did it come to the point where, where we were all suffering from the pandemic, that the brunt of it fell on the backs of women? Um, is this a, uh, an issue that can be legislated away? Perhaps if we had uh, more laws or workforce laws that uh, acknowledge uh, the, the inequities that we already have in, in, our, in our community and, and we have more awareness uh, that many times when women are asked to do something, it impacts them differently. And so the equity needs to be maybe uh, ingrained in some of our workforce laws to acknowledge that, that women uh, do come to work with a different set of challenges. So that, that's just one. And, and I also think about uh, the, the frontline uh, workers in the, in the pandemic Many of them were in those caretaking fields, you know, in nurses, even our teachers. Um, they are mostly populated by women, and and we need these these uh, positions. We need people doing that work, but but we can't have um, things impacting one demographic more than 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 the other. And so, how do we adjust uh, the way we live as people so that? Uh, women aren't uh, inordinately impacted when something like this, like a, a pandemic happens or when real life happens. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a great answer. That reminds me, I saw this incredible photo in I think the New York Times during the pandemic and it was a, a mother and father working from home and you can mm -hmm. see both of them in the frame. The father was in his office. It was very serene, very you know, organized. <laughs> and the mother was standing outside of the office wrestling with a kid also on the phone. She was on a work call too, you know? And so it was work. really, yes. yeah, it was showing that division of labor so clearly. And, 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 and like I said, where's, is this something we can legislate away or is it that those who are making decisions about what happens in the workforce have an awareness, whether they're women or men, that uh, when you send a woman home to work from home, uh, where a man may rejoice, like, hey, this is great. I can hang out in my office. Uh, a woman may be distressed, totally distressed because now she is the homeschool teacher, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and she's taking care of dinner 
and she's trying to show up for her job and be professional and all of those things, it's not humanly possible for the, the uh, amount of uh, responsibility that we're putting on the backs of women, yet we do it all the time. Uh, well, you wrote about how the education system sort of falls short, you know, in representing uh, women mm -hmm. in history. How so? Well, I think there's statistics already, and I, I don't have those numbers right in front of me right now, but the studies that have been done can show um, uh, with data how seldom women are even mentioned in our history books, even today. So if you're going through an era of history and if you counted all the mentions of a woman who had something to do with something important, um, I think there was some statistic like 2% or something ridiculously low is the percentage of time that a woman was mentioned. So you could say, well, that's, that's probably true because perhaps in certain periods of history, women were shut out. But here's what we know. It's not that women weren't doing anything of value because women have been breaking um, glass ceilings for years. You know, they've been the first um, commander on ships or, you know, the first in the military. We have documentation of these firsts in our museum and there's there's stuff, but you have to dig for it. It's it's not gonna be uh, sitting in, in the you know in the reader's digest or in the top the you know top of the fold of most newspapers, uh, at least not until recently. Um, you have to dig for this information and also you have to ask people who you wouldn't normally ask. Um, in the community, if people were, if you were to ask someone, well, who was responsible for us getting um, uh, this park or that stop sign or that, that who was really responsible for that business moving in town? And by and large, you would hear stories of a woman who was bold, uh, who was courageous, who opened a door, who insisted and persisted. But how we feel about that story is different. Uh, often we don't put a, a W in the wet column until there is a, a news crew there and then someone in a suit and tie shows up. But before the person in suit and tie showed up and I'm speaking of a man, there, was, there were countless things that were done to pave the way and many times it was a woman. Um, even today, how we choose to look at importance, like was that important to society? Um, we, we choose to see it through a lens of masculinity. Um, even the, how the history books are written, they tend to frame bravery and success as the person with the gun, or maybe that person was the one who uh, went into the burning room and, and pulled everybody out or something like that, things that require muscle. But what if we begin to look at bravery and, and courage and do a different lens? Maybe if we've looked at those things through cunning or how women have strategically 
had conversations with people that changed their minds, right? Um, I think that some of those, the ways that women get things done um, may not look like jumping off of a building, you know, or swimming <laughs> across a channel. Right. But yet women do make change happen. And it seems easy because we're doing it in hills and we're smiling. <laughs> mm -hmm. Right. You know? But yet minds are changed, uh, laws are passed, things happen uh, when women are involved. And sometimes no one gets hurt. <laughs> mm -hmm. I love that. And I love the idea of reframing, uh, you know, the conversation. That's, yeah, that's... reframing. What, what does it mean to be courageous and brave? What does it mean to be first or, you know, what does it mean to, to, to actually uh, show leadership? And what does leadership look like? Um, I'll just add that I find that when I look at some of our elected officials, you know, there are more women running for office than ever and how they tend to get things done. Um, a lot of women seem to be able to make change through building relationships or, or being a good orator or continuing to show up and, and do things that no one else would do. They're, they're not the ones that um, want to necessarily, you know, be disruptors, but certainly they're ones to want to collaborate and partner and make sure that, you know, not everybody wins, but everyone leaves the table feeling good. Often those types of leadership traits aren't valued as much as someone who enters the room and slams down their fist and says, we're doing it this way and everybody behind me and you all just brought off or something. So it's just kind of a different way of looking at what it means to be uh, a leader and then what it, how we frame it when we say, here's a historical instance of leadership that we need to remember. Is there a San Diego story, a San Diego woman or bit of local women's history you wish more people knew? You know, we there are a few that you know we um, we do know of, and uh, and and yet you know we kind of sideline and then and I think about like Kate Sessions. Okay, so everybody knows who Kate Sessions is. Um, we consider her, you know, we framed her the mother of Balboa Park because she was so instrumental in planting uh, the many species uh, that are in Balboa Park now, and then uh, that you know. Uh, migrated across San Diego. It's why we are as green as we are. Um, but it seems like, <laughs> and this is really interesting, we have one statue of a woman, like a real woman, not uh, a mythical woman, in San Diego, and it's Kate Sessions in Balboa Park. And I find that interesting that we probably, you know, she's the most known, but still, the imagery that we have of her, um, because she had to be a good businesswoman, right? She had a, a nursery in Balboa Park. She convinced the city to allow her to uh, open this nursery in, in, in what is now Balboa Park in, in exchange for planting 100 trees a year. So she was pretty savvy. She had, she had a vision, but <laughs> the image that we have of her in our minds 
um, thanks to that statue in Balboa Park is her with an apron on and a, and a big sun hat, you know, <laughs> which <laughs> <Right>. is, <laughs> which is, I mean, it is charming. It is charming that that's how we remember her. But I, I bet if, you know, she were a man, they'd probably have her looking a little bit different and they would, you know, she would be more like Alonzo Horton or something, you know? Yeah. Well, that goes back to your point about women wearing aprons in all these photos. These um, aprons, they keep showing up everywhere. And I, I just, I didn't know that there was, that, that having an apron was such an important part of a woman's life, but apparently <laughs> it is. Um, I, I dodged your question a little bit because, you know, I, you know, I need, I, I too need to get uh, in my back pocket uh, more stories of women's stories that I would like others to know about um, and, and that, that net framework for telling that story. But, but, but thank you for challenging me to, to come up with that. That was great. <laughs> I just learned, I learned something I couldn't tell you were improvising. So uh, that was great. Okay. Well, I've taken more of your time than I, than I promised, but just final question for you. How are you celebrating Women's Equality Day today? Well, um, as you know, um, we are hosting uh, what we're calling the Women's Equality Day Summit uh, in Balboa Park uh, this evening. Uh, we'll be featuring uh, as our keynote speaker, Senate Pro Tem uh, Tony Atkins, who'll give a keynote speech. And she'll be followed by a panel of uh, really provocative and dynamic women who will respond to her speech, and, and they'll be talking about the advances that we've made um, in women's, um, uh, around issues of women's equality, uh, from voting rights uh, up to many of the issues that we're concerned with today in terms of gender equality. So they'll be responding to her speech in a panel discussion, and they'll uh, include it will be um, County Supervisor Nora Vargas, Vargas, um, Joelle Proudfit, who I've never met and I can't wait to, she's an indigenous woman appointed to the State Commission on Women and Girls and the Status of Women and Girls. And then uh, Barbara Bree, who many of us remember as San Diego City Council member. And um, it'll be uh, an intimate ga gathering that's already sold out, but um, many people will be tuning in uh, virtually um, from their homes. And I, I think it'll be a joyful occasion. In addition to that, um, Mayor Todd Gloria will be joining us to give a proclamation to Ann Hoiberg, who is uh, the chair of our board. She'll be stepping down, but they'll be proclaiming it um, the Ann Hoiberg Women's Equality Day. Oh, wow. And it's because of Ann's. Um, long, long, long time advocacy and activism on behalf of women's issues here and around the world. She's an international activist for women's issues. So that's where I'm gonna be um, uh, this evening in Balboa Park, which by the way is, it's, 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 I, I can't believe we, we um, made it so that we could be in Balboa Park, but, um, you know, Balboa Park was the site of a lot of protests and marches and vigils for social justice movements, uh, past and present. So it's really fitting that we would be there um, this evening at the San Diego History Center, uh, which is where uh, our business office is located and our collection 
uh, that I talked about earlier is housed at the San Diego History Center. So that's what I'm doing. You can find more news online at SanDiegoUnionTribune.com. I'm Christy Totten, host of the San Diego News Fix. Thanks for listening.